Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. This is Henry Lopez, and welcome to this episode of The How of Business on preparing for a successful small business partnership. If you're considering going into a business partnership where you and one or more other people are going to own and be involved in your business, then this episode is for you. Business partnerships can be extremely powerful and successful, but they can also create problems that you may not even be thinking about right now. Problems, issues, and misunderstandings that can ruin your business. The key to potentially avoiding any issues with your business partnership is to discuss all of the possible scenarios and situations up front and then execute a comprehensive legal agreement that spells out the terms of the partnerships as much as possible. To receive more information about the How of Business, including the show notes page for this episode, and how you can continue supporting my show and receive exclusive content and discounts through a Patreon membership, please visit thehowofbusiness.com. I also encourage you to please subscribe to my show so you don't miss any new episodes. I would like to thank all my listeners, coaching clients, and Patreon memberships for your support of the How of Business. I want to thank KC. Reed, and Ava, who recently joined my Patreon membership program. And thanks to Thomas, Justin, McKay, and Brent, who I have recently had the privilege of working with through my one-on-one business coaching program. So on this episode, I'm going to focus on what do we do to get ready to go into a successful business partnership? What are those things that we need to talk about, think about, plan for, decide, and then execute into a formal agreement that leads us to a better opportunity to have a successful small business partnership. I talked about what, from my perspective, I see as the three pillars of a successful partnership back on episode 259 of the How of Business. David Begin and I talked about our partnerships and why we think, or what are those aspects that make for a successful partnership. And those three things include trust, respect, and alignment. So trust, do we we trust each other going into this relationship? And I think that one of the things that that highlights is, is this person or these people that I'm going to go into partnership now, how much do I trust them? Of course, a big component of that is how long have I known them to develop that level of trust? If it's someone or people that we've just met, that doesn't mean you can't develop some level of trust quickly, but it's going to be a lot harder. So one of the things you have to look at is how well do you trust each other before going into partnership? I think that's a key pillar. Respect. I have to respect the other person's capabilities, what they're bringing to the partnership, what they're going to contribute to the business, and vice versa. They have to respect me and what we're going to bring. So it has to be respectful of each other and the skills and abilities and talents and experiences that we're bringing together to start this business. And then alignment, and what I mean by alignment is making sure that you're in alignment with where you want this business to go, what's the purpose it's serving for you, why are you doing this business, what do you foresee for the business, what do you foresee for the exit of the business eventually, are we at least at now at this point in alignment? That doesn't mean that things won't change over time, they actually likely will, but as much as possible, are we at least in alignment now, and have we talked about those things? So those three things, trust, respect, and alignment to me are critical to a successful partnership. Now, since we did that episode 259 a couple of years ago, I think I would add two other things in talking to other people about successful partnerships. And, and I think they're kind of obvious, but the, the fourth that I would add is communication. So constantly, not just up front, we're going to focus on that part of it here in this episode. What do we talk about up front 
before we go into business with partners. But then beyond that, that constant communication of how you are evolving, how your thinking is shifting or changing, and it's going to change as the business begins to grow, hopefully, and you're successful as money comes into play, as different things change in our individual lives we will have a different opinion or a different focus or a different uh, purpose that the business plays in our life. And so if we communicate well amongst partners, you might help to avoid what then becomes an insurmountable problem or a dispute or a major disagreement that can impact the business and yourself. And then the, the, the fifth element I would add to these things, to these pillars, is a comprehensive partnership agreement. Sometimes it's called a partnership agreement, sometimes an operating agreement, but a legal document that defines as much as possible all of the terms of your partnership relationship so that you minimize those misunderstandings or disagreements later. And so that it provides provisions for if there is a problem in the relationship, that there is some method, some agreed upon process for solving or addressing those problems. I do have a free download on this topic. It's a download I created back when I released episode 259, and it's entitled Three Pillars of Successful Business Partnerships. So I'll have that download on the show notes page for this episode at thehowofbusiness.com. And there I talk in more detail about trust, respect, and alignment. I'm also excited to announce a new workshop. As you may know, I have a series of workshops now, online workshops, and I'm going to do the first business partnership workshop. So go to thehowofbusiness.com and on the resources menu the and the homepage, just click on resources and you'll see that workshop listed there to see when the next date is for my next business partnership workshop. So if you're looking at going into a business partnership uh, or if you're in a business partnership, this partnership, this workshop rather will cover all aspects of business partnerships from a business person's perspective. Obviously, I am not an attorney, so I'm not going to be providing any legal advice. But what are the things that I've looked for? And it will expand upon the things that we uh, that I will share with you on this episode. So the other free download that is new is really a revised version of what I used to call the Memo of Understanding for Business Partnership. Many of you maybe have downloaded that before. I have shared the Memo of Understanding uh, for quite some time on my website, and it's one of the most popular downloads on my website. So I have a revised version of it. I've just enhanced it, added some things to it, and now I'm calling it a business partnership checklist because that's really what it is. So if, you, if you've downloaded it before, you might want to download this new version. Or if you haven't, I encourage you, if nothing else, if you're looking at going into a partnership in a business, download this checklist and it'll help you think through and facilitate the critical conversations that you need to have now with a potential partner before you start the business. You'll be able to walk through this checklist and it'll guide you through the key points. And that's what I'm going to do in this episode. I'm going to touch on some of the key points that are in this checklist. Not everything, but some of the key points that I think are worth talking about as it relates to preparing to go into a partnership, preparing to start a business where you have business partners. So let me highlight some of the key things in the business partnership checklist that relate to getting ready to start a partnership, start a new business with partners. And the first thing I want to touch on is having an exit strategy and being in alignment on that exit strategy. You and your partners, have you at least discussed where you see you want to go with this business longer term? Do you envision running it for five years and then selling it or keeping it forever or perhaps passing it on to the next generation in your family. What are those thoughts that you have now? Of course, they'll change over time, but you want to at least start with having had this discussion and being in alignment. 
Back on episode 431 of the Howa Business, I had a chance to interview attorney David Siegel on the topic of partnerships. Specifically, here's what he had to say about discussing and being in alignment on your exit strategy. What are some of the things that you usually give guidance on that people need to think about? And then eventually we'll talk about in a moment, boiling down to an operating or partnership agreement. What are some of those critical areas that you often advise on? Sure. And to some extent, this depends on whether I'm speaking to a founder as representing the founder or speaking to the business as representing Mm -hmm. the business. But there is one thing I would say both sets of advice share, which is what is the exit strategy here? Um, It's a lawyer is not going to be able to prevent two people from disagreeing down the road. That's just the nature of the world. Um, A lawyer can help set up processes and a lawyer can help set up a an organized way to get through a dispute such that the business can continue after it but it's important at the outset to start thinking about and i hate to call it worst case scenarios but that is what it is what yeah. what happens down the road if things don't go the way everyone's hoping great insights there from david siegel and if you want to listen to more about what he had to share go back to episode 431 of the how a business podcast So let's move on to a couple of points related to funding and capital contributions. And specifically, I want to talk about planning for and discussing and agreeing on how if the business needs more cash, more capital later after you start the business, let's say because there's not enough working capital or you want to do an expansion or buy a piece of equipment, whatever the case might be. Often what will happen, at least in in an LLC, it's called a capital call where all of the members... All of the owners have to contribute more money if it's decided that that the business needs it. Now, all of that, how that works and who can do it and, and who has to vote on it and can it be enforced, those are all things that have to be defined in the operating or partnership agreement. And it's such an important topic. We don't think that we might have to experience this where we have to put more money into the business, but it can happen and it happens often. So how will you treat that? Do I have to put in more money as an individual partner? What does it do to my position? Does it dilute my interest? All of those things. If the business needs more money, can one or more of us lend the business that money? And what are the provisions for that? So this is a critical topic that I want to make sure you discuss and that you include very clearly in your partnership or operating agreement. Another point that's often common in partnerships, especially for small business, is where someone's putting in the cash and the other person is maybe putting in what's called sweat equity. That other person isn't putting in money per se, but maybe they get a percentage of the business for their effort and maybe that percentage grows over time. I've been in these types of partnerships before and it can work, there's no doubt. But you want to be very careful about spelling out exactly how that will work. Don't just leave it to a verbal agreement or an assumption as to how that person who's not contributing cash, maybe it's you, and how you will continue to own equity, ownership in the business. Ideally, you want that very clearly spelled out in some kind of an ownership agreement that specifies how that person will continue to own a portion of the business, either units or shares, and perhaps adding a vesting schedule to that as well would be a recommendation that I would have. That has to be very clearly defined. The other point I want to make about ownership is 50-50 partnerships. If you've been listening to the podcast, especially when I chat about business partnerships, 
you'll know that I am not a fan of 50-50 partnerships because of the problems that it can present. Now, I know plenty of people who are in 50-50 partnerships and they make it work. So it's not that it can't work. I just think that in my experience, it leads to a lot of potential problems, a lot of stalemates that can't be resolved. I want to go back again to the episode with David Siegel because I asked him specifically on that episode what he thinks about 50-50 partnerships. Here's what he had to say. But what are your thoughts on 50-50 partnerships? So two people coming together and we're going to own it 50-50 equity-wise. The first thing I always think about in talking to clients about 50-50 partnerships, which are in some situations, they're unavoidable. One thing to keep in mind is disaggregating economics and control. So the you can make a decision to have 50-50 economic interest in the company without having 50-50 control. Okay. Um, those are not the same. Those are not the same decision. And that sometimes changes the way people think about things. But the reality is a lot of the time when people think of themselves as equal owners of the potential business going into it, it's hard to separate out control and, and, and economic interests. Am I a fan of it? No, from a legal perspective, it makes everything more complicated, but it's not really my job to say to, to say one of you has to be the controlling person here and one has to be the um, minority shareholder or interest holder. You know, if, you know, if that's what the two people need to move forward, then it's my job to help with that. There are various types of things that should be put in place with a 50-50 partnership, but the big Going back to the exit strategy, there there has to be a way out without ruining the business. Great insights there again, I think, from David Siegel. And again, that's an excerpt from my interview with him back on episode 431 of the How a Business. A few key takeaways there. First is that difference between economic interest and controlling interest. That might be the way, for example, that you identify an investor who might be putting in money, regardless of the amount but is not going to have any say in the day-to-day -day operations of the business. That's one way that this might be applied. This can get very complicated though. So the takeaway here is to discuss it, agree on something, at least to begin with, and then work with an attorney to make sure you have this very clearly defined in your operating agreement. And then the point about the way out, I think this is so critical. I'll come back to this point, but this is often what we don't have in the provisions of our partnership agreement is what happens if things go wrong, if we can't agree, especially in a 50-50 partnership, how can we exit the business? What are the provisions for that? Uh, or what are the provisions perhaps for mediation or arbitration? All of that can and should be spelled out in the partnership or operating agreement. The next topic I want to share some thoughts on is on defining the roles and responsibilities the management structure of the business. Who's going to be responsible for what? And I think as it relates to partnerships, that's another key component, is agreeing to discussing who's going to play what role in the business. What is that delineation? So that there isn't a misunderstanding of who's doing what. Are we gonna have co-CEOs? Or am I going to be the CEO and you're gonna be the VP of sales? Or whatever the scenario might be, you need to have those discussions. How will you lead the business? How will you manage the business? And these are conversations, of course, that you have to have up front before you start the business, but then they're ongoing conversations to make sure you remain in alignment as to who's playing what role in the business, because those things are going to change. You're going to want to play perhaps a different role in the business later on. I had a conversation with Pat Flynn and Matt Gartland on episode 462 of the How of Business. I asked them about this specific point. Here's what 
Matt Gartland had to say about this. So there's no doubt, and in my experience, um, curious as your thoughts, you know, some of the keys to a successful partnership, you have to have trust and respect. It sounds like that was there because you've had, you had had that working relationship. And then the other component I found is always important is that clear understanding of roles and responsibility, that that's some level of delineation. So tell me about that, Matt, if you would, do you feel like you too clearly discussed and identified and continue to do so, because I'm sure it's an ongoing thing as to who's doing what, who's responsible for what? It is absolutely organic. So it still continues. Um, but ultimately, yes, uh, it's important to to be clear, especially within uh, the stage that the business is in, like the life cycle uh, stage of that business, how those responsibilities change, uh, even naturally. Uh, and sometimes even in ways that like we can't control just like, okay, here's, here's where clearly the business is going. And we need to be conscious uh, and aware of that, right? Um, and I think that that's an important additional kind of component as we're talking about visionaries and integrators and, and how we make this work is that these aren't one-time decisions. Uh, now, you don't revisit these decisions, you know, every week or every month, but as there is growth uh, and maturity, uh, mature growth, like within a team, within an organization, within a company, you know, we have to assess for these things uh, in terms of making sure that the team is set up for success, ensure that, you know, Pat's interests and in, in mine remain aligned. So, uh, yeah, I think that that's an important point to say. It's like it's it's this kind of continued commitment to each other, right? Uh, as one might even analogize into even personal relationships. Again, that was Matt Gartland from my conversation with him and Pat Flynn on episode 462 of The How of Business. Now, let me move on to dispute resolution, because again, this is something that we often don't talk about up front because we don't focus on the negative. We're in the honeymoon stage of this potential partnership of launching this exciting new business. And we can't even imagine sometimes that we might get to a point where we have a dispute, where we have a disagreement on on a decision about the business, and it could stall or potentially even harm the business. And so dispute resolution and how you address that and how you will plan to address that is another thing you need to talk about and include as appropriate in your operating or partnership agreement. Back on episode 427 of The How of Business, I had a chance to interview attorney Christy Foley, and she specializes in conflict resolution. And here's what she had to share about how to perhaps address conflict resolution through mediation, which is one way to address it. And as you listen to this, think about perhaps incorporating a mediation clause in your operating or partnership agreement. This is, of course, something that you'll discuss with your attorney. But listen to what we chatted about here as it relates to conflict resolution and mediation. I thought you'd maybe introduce this topic of conflict resolution from a small business owner's perspective. You know, a, a business conflict does not always have to lead to legal action necessarily, but often can be resolved by some some alternative like mediation. So let's just start there. What what do we mean when we say conflict resolution in the small business world? So conflict resolution is an extraordinarily broad term. It can incorporate anything from just negotiating with another person who you might be having some sort of disagreement with to going through something a little more formal, like having a third party mediator come in and help facilitate those communications between two people who are fighting. Um, even going through 
the litigation stages, arbitration stages, things like that on a more formal level, all of those technically are conflict resolution. But my hope for small businesses in particular is since you don't have probably the time or the money to be dealing with lengthy litigation or arbitration, that you're able to resolve things at the negotiation or at worst mediation levels. Mm -hmm. It's it's uh, often much more expeditious as well as less uh, less expensive, yes. uh, and so this it's a great alternative. Often, you know, I see more and more different agreements that I might sign of all different types have a mediation clause in them. Right, you're seeing that certainly much more. I do anyway. Absolutely. And particularly here in Florida, Florida is a big state for mediation. Okay. So a lot of our contracts will include mediation clauses for sure. All right. So, so let explain what, what happens if we decide to mediate. I have a conflict with someone I've signed an agreement with, and we're going to, instead of start suing each other, we're going to go to mediation. What does that mean at a high level? So a mediator will come in and help you to communicate with each other more effectively. So the mediator is not someone who's going to make any kind of decisions or force anyone to settle in a particular way. Instead, a mediator is going to help each person really hear the other side and hear what's important to the other side and also figure out a way to better express themselves and their desires so that the other side is more likely to understand you and understand your perspective in the discussion. And by helping the parties to hear each other and express themselves better, the mediator can help the parties to really navigate that conflict and reach a settlement that they come up with, that they're in control of, and that they're comfortable with. Again, that was my conversation with Christy Foley from episode 427 of The How of Business. Great episode to listen to if you want to learn more about ways to solve conflict, not just in partnerships, but in other relationships that you might have as a business owner. Let me now touch on the final point I wanted to highlight from the business partnership checklist, and that's what is typically referred to as a buy-sell agreement or the buy-sell provision of your operating agreement. It's what spells out the terms, the conditions of how you could sell your portion of the business and conversely, how your partners might be able to sell their shares of the business, their equity in the business. And what are the provisions around, uh, do you have the first right of refusal, for example, to buy them out or the right to approve who they sell it to? All of those things are important conversations to have up front and to include some level of a buy-sell provision in the agreement. Otherwise, there is no, there's nothing that's been agreed to as to how that'll happen, how that will transpire. How will we value every unit or share of the business if I want out? Do you have the right to buy me out? If I die and my ownership in the business passes to my spouse, do you have the right to buy out those shares or are you now in business with my spouse? So all of those things come into play here, which we, again, we typically don't think about up front, but which can cause tremendous issues later if we don't have it covered in our operating agreement. Business partnerships can be fantastic and powerful. I personally prefer typically to work with a partner. So this episode isn't about discouraging you from working in partnership, but to be very careful and very 
detailed and very specific on planning for a successful partnership. And that includes having very hard, very specific conversations up front with your potential partner or partners to make sure you talk about all of these things that we may not have thought about up front. So download and use the business partnership checklist. It's one tool that can help you with this. Of course, you will need the guidance of an attorney to help you finalize these terms and then put it into a formal legal agreement that spells this all out. It's again, I would venture that if the conversations on these different points don't at some point at least become a little awkward or uncomfortable, then maybe you're not going deep enough. We've got to put aside for a second that we're all very positive about the business opportunity, excited about working together, but we need to have these frank conversations to make sure that we try to address these issues now rather than after we've launched the business and sometimes later, and then it can ruin the relationship and certainly ruin the business as well. For all of the partnership-related episodes, just go to thehowabusiness.com, click on the podcast menu link at the top of the screen, and then go to podcast archive, and then I've got a category of related shows related to partnerships. That's where you'll find all of the shows that I just referenced here on this episode and other episodes related to partnerships. I wish you the best as you start and grow your successful and profitable small business. This is Henry Lopez. Thanks for joining me for this episode of The How of Business. I release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find and subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts or at my website, thehowofbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.